Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. We welcome in our good friend, uh, James Hammer, the Insiders. Hammer, I'm down. Not out, but I'm down. Where are you with... Did, did did last night's loss, I, I know you're not a fan, whatever. Did last night's loss change your feelings about the Sacramento Kings team at all? Actually, I, I don't want to say it's a good loss, but I think that there were good things in that loss that gives me some sort of hope for what the final 28, 29 games will look like. So, like, De'Aaron Fox... Whatever's going on with him, whatever has been going on with him for the last six weeks, I'm not sure. You know, we had the media uh, like sort of issue with him for a little while, but that wasn't even like a media driven thing. That was like, a, I don't know if it's a misunderstanding as much as it was just a miscommunication. And he like, so we had that situation, but whatever's caused him to like slip into this funk and not be the same player for six weeks. I'm not sure what it was, but to see him wake up out of that and to be try to f- will himself back into the game and try to, you know, it's almost like you have those those moments where you you leave a player who's struggling in in the fourth quarter of a blowout and you're you're waiting for them to catch it and all of a sudden they find their rhythm and it's like, "Oh, okay, cool. Maybe that will carry over." That's kind of the way I felt with Fox. Like I don't at a certain point it was like Win or lose, I don't think that really matters. The only thing that matters at this moment in time for the Kings is that De'Aaron Fox finds himself. And he seems to be finding himself in this game. And if this is how he has to do it, then okay, that's fine. Go ahead and do whatever you got to do. You don't need, he's going to get a week off here, but I'd rather have him find himself before the week off and not try to find himself coming out of the break. So yeah, I'm not as down on what happened last night as I think some fans are. Uh, you know, Demonis Sabonis was incredible. Malik Monk was incredible. Uh, you know that you now know that Trey Lyles is so valuable that you mm. you can't have him out for long stretches. Like those are those are issues that showed up last night. But I also look at the the Fox saying and go, okay, look if if that's who he can be, part of that part of who he can be in the second half, then the Kings got a shot. I'm with okay. I'm with you. I'm with you. I mean, y'all are alone then because I'm yeah, not. I yeah, sit I, over I, here by myself. I think, I think that's what I had asked for going into that game is I needed to see De'Aaron Fox step up, be a leader, lead this team, and be aggressive. And he did that. Now, he doesn't have to have 40 points all the time, but it's his attacking mentality that we hadn't seen in a – at least a couple of weeks, maybe even more. And I think if he can bring that the second half, they're going to win a good amount more games than they lose, I think. 
I think he's. I think De'Aaron Fox is the key to everything. Mm-hmm. I think if De'Aaron Fox is averaging twenty-eight to thirty points a game for the rest of like for the rest of the remaining twenty-nine games, they'll be a top sixteen. I th- I think it's kind of that simple. When you talk about Herder and Murray, they can play the same way, inconsistent and all. Mm-hmm. If De'Aaron is giving you that type of aggression and leadership, they'll get to the playoffs. But you got that last night, and they didn't even get a win. They're not going to win every game. Okay. Yeah, but I would also say, Dame, I get your point, but I would also say it's almost like that that thing where you're waiting for a team to learn how to win. That's what it just felt like. Whatever he was doing, it wasn't perfect. It it wasn't. You know, he turned the ball over five or six times. Um, He took 31 shots, which is absolutely crazy for a regulation game. All of these things, like there were things in that loss that he did he did not do well. And like you can point to and say, hey, look, you got to clean this up. You got to clean that up. But the overall like tenor of what we were seeing was the old fox trying to find himself. And in that game where it's been a while since he's looked like that, I'm okay with him shooting too much. I'm okay with the mistakes. Just find yourself because you can fine tune that finding yourself over the next couple of games and you can, you know, he'll look better with a, with a week off to rest his body, especially after, uh, you know, the, a very naughty player in, in Grayson <laughs> Allen. I don't know what Reggie Miller was talking about. Like a guy <laughs> without a reputation as a dirty player, uh, <laughs> clubbed him in the head and took him into the, into the, uh, the back stanchion. But um, yeah, I, I think this is what he needs. He needs to have a couple of games and like, look, it can't be just last night and tonight you score 13 and your team gets clubbed and you walk away thinking, okay, well, at least I got one under my belt. No, 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 no. Like show us who you are. Because that's what what this team at this point they need. They need somebody to show them how they're going to get to the playoffs. Because as of right now, I think they're a little rudderless. Hmm. Rudderless. Hmm. All right. Well, I'm outnumbered, so whatever. <laughs> so I mean, I well, I don't know if James, if you if you heard the whole uh, the show or when we were talking about it earlier, but Damian thinks, and tell me if I'm wrong, but he thinks. He does not see this team the way they are making the top six. I don't think they're. Do think I don't think they're capable held? of executing in a way that gets them to the top six. And I say I'm not closing the door on that yet. I think they have the talent. Um, they have the the top flight players uh, on the top of that roster. Uh, and I agree. And I agree with that. Yeah. I, I absolutely agree with that. I just don't agree with the your belief that they can get it done. No, I mean, that's fair, Davian. Because, I mean, what would make you think that they can get it done? You can't just say, well, last season. Yeah, I have a 50-some-odd game sample size that makes me feel like, see it, I don't. You know, it's, it's a magic trick. But, now you see it, now you don't. So, my, But my, my, my point, my, the way I would look at that is, it'd be one thing if they were battling up, if they were in this spot for the entire season, it's like, they're not going to be able to get over the hump. Like, if they were in eighth, seventh, eighth for the entire season, like, they don't have enough to get back up there. They were just there, like, three games ago. And three games from now, they might be right back up there. And that would – that, honestly, is more so what this season has been as opposed to them completely falling off to the point where they're 
they're out of contention for six. Mm-hmm. The, the, the story of this season is three games after the All-Star break, they'll probably be sixth. And then four games after that, they'll probably be seventh. And then they'll go back up to six. Like, that's probably what's going to happen. Where that pendulum Or they could be tens. That's, the, that's that has, the problem. But that hasn't happened. Mm-hmm. If, we're, if we're going off of what they've shown us this year, that hasn't happened this year. What they've shown us this year is they'll, be, they'll win seven out of three and then they'll lose four out of five. Mm-hmm. And that's not going to get you down to tenth. That's going to keep you around where you've been at. If we're using the metric of what they've shown us this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't disagree. I mean, like, look, at they're kind of – they got to a certain point. They plateaued. They needed a push to give them over the the top. And that push was, you know, trading for a guy that you waived in cash considerations. You didn't mix it up. You didn't give them the jolt of energy that they probably needed. And now you got to create it yourself. And I think that's what I believe the De'Aaron Fox game was like him creating the energy again to try to get back to who he should be. Mm. And, you know, I I don't know if he can sustain it, but we have seen him sustain it for a second half of the season going into the playoffs. I just don't like that we have this question mark about what's going on for six weeks. Mm. And that's what it is. I mean, he's like before last night, he was averaging like 21 and a half a game since calendar turned to 2024. Mm. And that just, he's, too good to average that and it's not like he was taking a step back so others could take no he just wasn't playing well like straight up he his three-point percentage was around 33 percent his shot uh, his overall field goal percent was at 43 point something down five or six percent or eight percent off of what he shot last year he just wasn't playing well so whatever's going on he needs to move past that and and get um, you know, this is a group that you're you're going to fight with the rest of the season. That's it. So make the best of it, and let's see what happens. And um, maybe this summer they'll go get the big help that the that some of these guys need. But I think it it really does. We always say it begins and ends with De'Aaron Fox. I don't think we could he could have showed us more of that. Like realistically, he just proved it. It begins and ends with him, and that's how this entire season has been. When he's great. They're tough to beat when he's not. They're they're extremely beatable. And when he doesn't like when he's turned off, like the switch isn't hit at all, they lose to bad teams. And that's what we've seen all season. And James, if 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 the success of the Sacramento Kings begins or success or failures begins with and ends with De'Aaron Fox, I'm of the belief that this trade market begins and ends with Kevin Herter. I have a theory that Mike Brown hates Kevin Herter. Not Kevin Herter the person. Kevin heard of the basketball player, and I feel like what we saw last night just was a kind of a microcosm of what really has been happening uh, this season between these two. Maybe not as outward as that little exchange that they had last night, but just Mike is frustrated with something Kevin Herter does on the basketball floor, and he's sick of it. And that's what we saw last night. And you know, Kenny made a great. He can't be sick of it. There's no better option. He's these two have to figure out for for Sacramento to get to top six or to get anywhere. Those two, those two, those, yes, it starts and ends with here, no doubt. Those two, they've got to figure out their issues. It's Valentine's Day. Make love work here. You you've got to figure out your issues so you guys can move on through these next twenty nine games. Hopefully, twenty nine games plus together. 
Yeah, we had someone in the chat earlier um, during the insiders that said something to the effect that, you know, Mike Brown makes his makes uh, some of these guys afraid to shoot, right? Mm. And that just couldn't be further mm. from the truth. Like Mike Brown is is told all of these guys shoot, shoot, shoot. He, I have never seen him yell at a player for taking a shot ever that I can remember. The only thing I can remember is him yelling at uh, at Keegan Murray for not taking a shot. Like the offensive side of the ball, they do a lot of empowering with every single player that steps on the court, whether it's, you know, De'Aaron Fox and Kevin Herter and Malik Monk, or it's, uh, you know, Keon Ellis and, and Kessler Edwards. The, the general consensus is, look, if you're going to step on the court, you've got to do the job that the guy that you stepped off that you're, you're playing for does, which means you got to space the floor. You got to take the shot when it's in your hands. You got to, do all of these things that are very basic. We're not asking you to go out there and be Michael Jordan or go out there and be Kyrie Irving and try to take everybody off the dribble. We're asking you to take the open shot and for the most part, please hit it if you can, but just take it because that's all right. But on the defensive side of the ball, Mike can't deal with the, the frustrating errors. And I think it's really interesting. Like one of the hallmarks of last season was, Mike Brown calling a timeout 40 seconds into a game. And we're like, what in the world are you doing this year? That's shifted. He doesn't do that at all. Like, I don't even know what happened to that because I thought it worked like more often than not. It was like, Hey, no, 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 that's not who we are tonight. That's not what we're doing tonight. Now it's the, like what he's known for is the really, really bad uh, coaching challenges. Right. <laughs> but when it comes to the defensive side of the ball, they have such basic principles, and if you don't follow the basic principles and you you slip into these these really easy mistakes, he's going to call you out on it. And and I get I get it that it was Kevin this time, but the last time they played the Suns, the entire focus after the fact was on the fact that they didn't defend the three point line late in the game. That when the Suns went small ball, that uh, that the Kings kept dropping back too far. And, and acting like they were defending a regular team, but realistically they're defending five guards. And so they just kept going in scramble mode and giving up these open threes. That's what happened in this game again. And so I'm assuming that what Mike was angry with, which I'd have to go back and watch the whole tape, is that Kevin Herter kept doing exactly what they did last game that cost him the game. And that's really frustrating as a coach. If you're going to go into a contest against a very specific team that you know exactly how they beat you last time, and we've got a, a game plan to stop that, and then you start giving up those same exact things, it's got to kill you as a coach. And so that's what I think happened with Kevin. Again, I've got to go back and watch the tape. The timeline exactly matches. All of that was the third, to to yeah, that was the third, fourth quarter stretch where they yeah. hit those threes that eliminated the Kings' uh, lead, and then they, they took a lead of their own. So that so so it yeah. was, and he called the the, the, the it, it was it was clearly something on the defensive end that he was pissed off about. So, yeah. just looking at the play, there's a screen at the top of the key. Uh, first of all, the the first three, Kevin's guarding the ball, and I don't know whose decision it was to go double. That was an asinine decision, if you ask me. I don't know if it was Mike. I don't know if it was one of the players, but Kevin's guarding the ball. He's guarding Kevin Durant. Harrison leaves. Royce O'Neal, for no real reason. 
to go double Kevin Durant, who's looking right at him. And Kevin passes to Royce O'Neal. Royce O'Neal passes to Eric Gordon. There's a three. That's your first one. The second one, Kevin uh, Herter's guarding KD again. There's a screen and roll. Kevin doesn't fight through the pick or whatever. And Harrison is playing this, or excuse me, um, Herter's guarding Royce O'Neal. There's Kevin Durant is being guarded by Harrison Barnes. KD sets the screen. Herter goes under and just kind of fades and looks for a switch. Harrison does whatever he does, leaves Royce O'Neal wide open. That's the three. Mike Brown's clearly upset with Kevin. Kevin didn't do his job, Kevin Herter. And it feels like if I'm Kevin Herter, if I'm Kevin Herter, what I think the argument would have been was, all right, number one, we got our signals crossed, but it's not okay to just let this guy shoot a walk-up three. Look at the play. I have no idea what Harrison Barnes is doing and how that's okay. That I, I don't know what defense that is. Even if Kevin is supposed to um is supposed to like fight through that and stay with Royce O'Neal. Harrison Barnes going from the three point line to the free throw line as a defender, that that's not that that's nobody's strategy. Like what the hell was that? And Kevin is probably like, Well, what the hell was that? What was he doing? And to your point earlier, Kevin's always the one getting yelled yep. at in those situations. That's right. I can't imagine what Harrison was doing on that play. I just watched it twice. I can't imagine that's the plan Harrison was doing. That is not Mike Brown teaches or anybody else. And But Kevin Herter is the one that gets yelled at. And Kevin probably had enough and was like, well, go talk to him. What is he doing? And I think disconnect there, they need to get on the same page one way or another. And – We'll see. We'll see if that ever happens. That's part of what you talk about. Some of the things they need to do to be a top six team, like talking to each other, like having these hard conversations and meeting in the middle and coming together, I don't know if they will. Mm. I don't know. When I say I don't agree with you, it's not that you might not be right. Mm. Like what you say might actually be the case. They may not. I just think they can overcome that. But there's no guarantee. See. Yeah. Well, that and I'll tell you, the, I mean, like what it looked like to me real specifically last night was the idea was to send a body at both Kevin Durant when he was at the top, and Devin Booker when he was at the top and get the ball out of their hands. And if you're going to lose with a Royce O'Neal three who's shooting like who, what, who hadn't been shooting well at all coming in like over a stretch, um, if it's going to be Josh Akogi to you. If it's going to be even at this point, Grayson Allen, the people, then that's who it's going to be. You're not going to be by Kevin Durant and by, uh, again, Devin Booker hitting a, hitting a top of the key uh, open jumper or breaking you down and creating something at the basket for someone else. So I do think that that was part of it. The problem that you have, Kenny, is that, I mean, just look at the numbers. Like every single one of those guys, three that mattered. So Grayson Allen goes two for five and Royce O'Neal goes five and Josh Akogi goes one for one. And then the other one was Nasir Little. So you have these four guys who are not known as great. They're not what Mike likes to call hot shooters. Grayson Allen, yes, but the other guys are what you call hot shooters. And when Grayson is on the floor with like three other stars, then of course he's not going to be someone that a lot of attention to. Mm-hmm. The, the difference is, is that the Kings got nothing out of the guys that they have situations. So 
they didn't even shots. Your Keon Elsler Edwards, your uh, Davion Mitchell. Davion Mitchell goes worry, but Keon Ellis, Alex Lynn, Kessler Edwards, they didn't even take a shot in the game. And you you all get, you know, Keegan Murray, Harrison Barnes. They're hot shooters. Those are those are like the, the like guys that you key on that you don't all get open threes if you're the option. They can go one of six. And it's not even the the six that's the problem. It's the six that's the problem. Mm. Like those guys need more threes. And while you got these other guys for the other marginal three-point shooters impacting the win and loss, the Kings other guys didn't at all. And that's that's where number one, I, I think Fox maybe could have pulled back a little bit. But again, I'm okay with him trying to go get his in one game. But it's also where everyone else has to be more conscious of what the office, uh, what the offense is, and how open some of these guys are, and how you know it just can't be one guy every time. And so uh, again, I, I think that the the Suns they did a really nice job of making scramble, and then the guys that you wanted shooting shots, they hit them. Mm. That's it, and y- you lose by a couple of points, and it's because you just take away, start taking away one or two of those those wide open threes that you gave those uh the non you know hot shooters for them you win the game but they didn't miss yeah. you said there were some um positives from uh, last night's game James's you know positives in the loss are you where's your confidence level in this team moving forward um i don't know i mean they've got to get through this stretch of games it's not easy um, you know, again, like tonight on the second night of a back-to-back, you can't mail this in. You need to go in there and and fight like crazy and and try to come away with a win. Um, but then coming out of the break, you know, you have the Spurs, and then you've you've got more of the same. It's like the Clippers, Timberwolves, and and Denver again. After that, you get to early March. There's a, a group of like ten winnable games, and that's where the Kings, if they're going to make it that's where they've got to put their foot down and say, this is who we are and this is where we're going. And if they don't, if they don't go something like eight and two in that stretch, they're not, they're not going to be, they might be a, they're going to be a playing team, but they're not going to be a, a playoff team. I don't think. And we're already gotten, we've already gotten to the point where even if they win all, they, they do the exact same thing they did last year. They go 16 and nine to finish the season. Right that still puts them at like 46 wins that to me is like a in this season, a seven or an eight seed in the West, which means you're a playing team. And I, I don't think we're going to see a collapse from all of these teams. I mean, I still, you know, there, there still could come a point where either the Lakers lose one of their two stars or the Warriors lose Steph Curry for a stretch of games like they do every year, or the Pelicans get hurt like they do every year or KD, um, so there's always an opportunity that one of these other teams has a major injury issue that allows you to sneak through, but like, I'm not putting my, my money up on them being like a fourth seed or a fifth seed or tracking. I know, I don't think they're going to track down the top tier group. Mm-hmm. I don't know that they can climb to the top of this group either at this point. Yeah. I, I don't know. There, there are definitely question marks with this team and, you know, it feels like I've said it at least uh, a couple of different times, but it feels like a fork in the road. It feels like a, a crossroads moment for this team. Where are they going to go? They're, now we're at the all-star break. And how you come out of the all-star break, you know, the first couple of weeks may dictate where you end up eventually, you know, 
fighting in the play-in or, you know, it's not comfortable, but in a, in a playoff series, comfortably in a playoff series. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see what these guys got, man. We'll, we'll, we'll see what they got. Well, the good thing uh, about, you know, the, the Kings, you t- some unanswered questions, it's not like New Orleans questions are answered. Right. Or Phoenix's questions are answered. Like Phoenix yeah. got dealt, you know, another question mark last night. Mm-hmm. We, we don't know how long Bradley Beal will be out, if he'll be out any length of time uh, at all. But he was, was playing really well mm-hmm. and was part of why Phoenix was playing really well. But that's 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 part of the that's part of what Phoenix is this year. Like, I don't all is not well with Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm leaving one team out. Oh, Dallas. Dallas. I think there's still some question marks about Dallas in, in Sacramento. You know, trying to take the positive approach here for the first time in three hours and twenty three <laughs> minutes. Sacramento has a lot of control over what happens with Dallas. And, and real quick to your point, what we talked about earlier, uh, New Orleans. I'll, I'll hesitate a little bit with them, but Dallas and Phoenix, they don't play defense just like the Kings. Mm-hmm. So if we're worried about like, man, it's going to be hard to they'll they'll give opportunities. They'll have those games where they can't stop anybody. And if you play them again, I think they play Dallas twice. You got an opportunity at your house to put up points and beat them and win that season series. Yeah. I mean, Dallas is a team that like, again, the Kings haven't had a lot of problems with. And actually before last night, you could have said sort of the same thing about Phoenix. The Kings, you know, very well could have been three and zero against Phoenix coming into that game. Um, Kings have played really well against Phoenix every time they played. Obviously they won two of them. They played really well for 41 minutes last time and they didn't play bad last night. You can say the same about uh, Denver. They played. Re- I mean, they they're two and zero against Denver. They played Dem- Denver really, really well. Um, Denver hasn't had their f- full arsenal at at any time against no, them. It's not our problem. But uh, but you look tonight. at yeah, you look around. There's you know the Clippers and and the Pelicans who just crush the Kings every time they play them. But you know you're you split against Minnesota already. Um, well, you're what one and one and one against Minnesota. Like uh, you're two and one against OKC. Like most of the other teams around you, you've played really well. You're two and oh against the Lakers. You split with the the Warriors. There is a lot of positives here, especially when it comes to tiebreakers and stuff uh, later on in the season. But kind of go back to what Mike Brown always says and what mo- most coaches say. It doesn't really matter what the other teams are doing. It The only thing that really matters is if the Kings can get right themselves. Cause that's the biggest problem right now. It's not who they're playing or anything else. It's that they just aren't a hundred percent who they should be. And, you know, again, you lose a game to me last night was a totally respectful, respectable loss. That's a, that's a good team. It's a good team in your tier. That's right around with superstars that got hot and hit shots and you lost by a couple of points. You know, it's the Charlotte loss. It's the Detroit loss. Those are home losses, you know, it's the the Blazers loss. It's the two losses to Houston. Mm-hmm. There's all of these other games where you just point to and say, okay, like you don't have a margin of error because of that. Like if you take out like four of those other losses that they shouldn't have had, you know, this team is all of a sudden sitting there, you know, playing tonight against Denver, battling out who's going to be like the the third or fourth spot in the West. I just don't know that we've seen the inconsistencies of this team all year long, and I don't know how they fix it, and I don't know if they can fix it in a week off. Well, 
we'll uh, talk more about Kings basketball. We'll talk more about the Sacramento Kings and the Denver Nuggets coming up tonight with uh, James Hamm of the Insiders. When Dylan and Casey return here on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. (laughs) I ain't going to do it. James is here. I... I, (laughs) Man, more Kansas hey. highlights? No, bro. Wow. Thoughts to the people in Kansas City, though. Wow. This country's so broken, man. It ain't never gonna get. <sighs> this country's never gonna get fixed, and it's gonna get way worse over the course of the like next eight months. This is laughable. Yeah. This is just awful. This this the stuff that's coming out of Kansas City is just absolutely awful. Uh, James Ham with us. We continued the conversation during the commercial break of Sacramento Kings and. How they can turn things around, why they can't turn turn things around, what things are 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 are, are wrong, what things can be fixed. Um, James, do you think? Let's go with a scenario. Let's go with a negative scenario. I don't think they're falling out of the top ten. Like I think that's a that's a that's a drag fall off that I'm not even like prepared. <laughs> We're not prepared for that. that yeah, <laughs> but um, if they lose in the play-in and don't play a series, do you think that changes or heightens anything? You've already been vocal about the offseason. Monty McNair needs to have. Do you think not playing in a playoff series uh, heightens that in any sort of way for this front office and this team? Oh, it makes its own new. I mean, it does. I mean, if this team doesn't make the playoffs, like, I don't know if one's going to have a job at day uh, time. Like, I'll just point out this crappy thing that would happen. That means that you don't give up your 2004 first round yeah. pick if you don't make the playoffs. And that means you're going to have the 14th or the 13th pick and draft that really wants one of these picks. And it also means that your 526 and 27 first round picks are now not just one. There, you you go from having four if they do make the playoffs, and that the twenty four pick conveys on July first. They have four first rounds that they can offer in a trade 
they've got three pick swap of that, or they've got seven pick swaps, like whatever, however you want that grouping of first round picks, 2025 to 2031, all wide open. Mm. If you don't make the playoffs, keep your 2024. And now you, you might have to give up your 2025 or your 2026, which means you can't also trade your 2027. And we go right back to where they are today with their draft pick. Um, with just a little bit more leeway because you can go out to 2030. So the best you could do is offer a protected with an asterisk 2027 first round pick, uh, a 2029 and 2031. So again, like it could really hurt who they are and what they want to do moving forward if they don't make the playoffs, not just because um, there's going to be a lot of noise from behind the scenes about how this happened and what is the postmortem on the playoffs this year and why didn't they make more of a move during the offseason? Why didn't they make more of a move during free agency? Uh, I mean, during uh, during trade deadline, like those are all going to be like really, really legitimate questions that someone's going to have to answer. Mm-hmm. And uh, as of right now, again, like we talked about it, maintain and improve. Like we got to maintain. Where is the improve? And y- there has been a conscious decision to move forward this way. And that means that whoever made that decision, you're you're going to have to answer for it. Um, yeah, so I think there is a big deal um, with what happens right now. And it's not just, you know, oh, the fans are going to be really upset. Man, you, does anyone out there know how much the Kings jacked up their ticket prices because they made the playoffs one time? Mm-hmm. Like all these fans have waited for years and years and years, you know, showing up for a bad team. This team wins one time they make the playoffs one time and lose in the first round and they just nitroed their their first their uh their season ticket packages so what are you going to give it back you're not going to so again you got to put a product on the floor and sometimes that means you got to make hard decisions you got to you can bite the bullet and make a trade when it maybe isn't all that comfortable and they didn't do it and so now you're in a situation where look if this team fails in the second half that there's going to be someone who pays for that failure. Hmm. I don't That's, know who that what is. What James is saying is it's going to be you. <laughs> I, I'm not saying that I'm not, I'm not saying they're going to fire the GM or, or whatever, but there's going to be an angry owner if they don't make the playoffs this season. And I, like, where are you going to point the fingers? Like, and I, I don't know. As he, as he should be angry in, in this situation. Everybody should be angry if they don't make the playoffs. But, um, and not saying that you're wrong. I mean, it's, I would definitely listen to you if we say some, you know, uh, some some heads are going to roll if they don't make the playoffs. But I also think that would be the wrong move. You know what I mean? Like it's you 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 don't get anywhere by just drastically changing things all the time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. um, I think I think that everybody should be out there with it. you the people that you have in place to make decisions to coach this team and to play on the court i would the way i would have gone about it when i've got any of these guys is they're self-motivated to be great they don't need to be motivated with their job on the line to to be better if that's the the motivation you need for these people that you have in these positions you're probably not going to win because you can't have everybody's job on the line every time so i hear what you're saying i hope that's not the case i really hope we don't find out 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying, what that would look like. But uh, this whole thing is supposed to, it, it was supposed to be about building something. And sometimes when you build something, you don't make a straight line up to where you're trying to go. There are setbacks. And if there are setbacks, how they deal with them, uh, I hope they deal with them the right way. Yeah, and, okay, so I'm going to stick with the building mentality there, right? So the thing about building is, sure, you know, you can have, you can get part of a house done and it starts raining and you got to wait, right? And you got to hope that there isn't too much damage done and all that stuff. But if we get to an off season where they didn't make the playoffs, doesn't that feel like, like you started building a house, but like you didn't do enough on the foundation and like the whole back corner of the foundation broke and fell off. And now you can't just like go in and repair that. Well, you got to tear back and you like, you got to make a pretty substantial like adjustment to what your plans are and how you're going to build the house moving forward. Mm -hmm. So that's where I'm at. Like, like this isn't about, you know, again, I, I would even say that at this point they haven't maintained I don't care what the record is. This team is not as good as they were last year. It's straight up. They're not. They're not as resilient. They don't have the same mentality. Uh, they don't bring the same energy. Why do you think that is? Each and every night. Why do you think that I don't, is? You got me. Hmm. Like I, you know, like I, I once, uh, I once had somebody while I was sitting in front of them. They asked Paul Westfall about like trying to control momentum, and. I remember Paul said, man, if I knew how to control momentum, I wouldn't use it to be a basketball coach. <laughs> There's a lot of things in this world that you could use momentum for and make a whole lot of money doing that I, it wouldn't be doing being a basketball coach. Like if that's where, like if there, anyone knows how to control momentum, positive momentum, negative momentum, like I, you should be doing like great things. Hmm. And that's where I kind of like with this team, I, I can't tell you what it is, but they've lost a little bit of who they were. And it's, it's right now it's that battle to, can you find who you were? And, and that even like who they were, we were hoping they were going to maintain and improve off of that. Mm -hmm. Right. That's so we're still trying to get back to like realistically who they were. And after that, um, you gotta, you know, again, we even heard it with Mike Brown and, and, you know, Mike, Mike has been the defensive guy all year long, trying to push, push, push on the, on the defensive end. And then after the, the trade deadline, we hear Monty McNair talk about how the offense isn't good enough. And it was like, okay, like we got to be on the same page moving forward here. Because if your coach is asking for defensive players to improve a defense that he doesn't think can hold up in the playoffs, and you think that you've got enough offensive weapons to outscore everybody. And so you're not going to make a move then those two aren't on the same page moving forward and you got to figure something else out. That's, that's not like a cohesive unit moving forward. Mm. And so I, I don't know that that's totally the case that, that they're just like, it's a battle of wills, but I certainly would say like when your GM is saying one thing and your coach is talking about defense there, you know, you got to figure it out. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how you do it then. Maybe these two, maybe those two aren't exactly on the same page. I'm not sure. Yeah, um, I don't know. I, I, and I'm not saying that. Like, no, I, just I mean, know. something for some reason their offense is off, and maybe that's something that Monty and, and Mike can't pinpoint. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, obviously they're a lot closer to the team than we are, but you know, 
you see the same guys out there for the most part. Domas is having a phenomenal season. Lost in all of this. Man had a 30-some-odd point triple-double last night. 50th triple-double of his career. What are, what are we up to, James? 16th or 17th of the season? 18th? 18th. 18th, 18th. of the season. Goodness. Three Four. in a row. Five in the last six. Ten in the last 15. 30-some-odd consecutive double-double. Like, dude is having a phenomenal season. And it's getting lost by deficiencies on the offensive end in other places. Uh, the ups and downs a little bit of, of De'Aaron Fox, the strange stretch that, that Keegan Murray is having, uh, the disappearing act of Harrison Barnes through 40 games, the reemergence, uh, a, a, you know, f- for, for a 10 game stretch. And now the, now he's like right in between. He's, he's right between, <laughs> Oh my God, Harrison Barnes. And Oh my God, Harrison Barnes. He's like right in the middle. And then Herter, who's just up yeah. and down. And and Malik is phenomenal right now. Yeah. This yeah. team wins some games. That dude could be sixth man of the year. But I mean, that's what it looked like last night. He just went out and auditioned for sixth man of the year. I, he was so good. He wasn't auditioning for sixth man of the year. He was auditioning for how much money is this games. league willing to pay me? Yeah. How much how much money is this league willing to pay me? I know what Sacramento can pay me. What's the rest of this league going to be willing to pay me? Well, and I don't know the answer to that, to be honest. Like, I really don't. Every every time he has a big game, oh my gosh, he's we're not going to be able to afford him. It's like, all right, what does the rest of the league think of what what Malik's doing? Though that the rest of the league has decided defense is not a thing they're going to do anymore. Maybe, maybe, maybe Malik's twenty points in this upscale NBA offense. Maybe that's what they want. Maybe so. Like what it really comes down to um, with with all of this is, in my opinion, is winning. Yeah. Winning cures all. Mm-hmm. You know, and the vibes will be right back uh, to how we had them last year if they can start winning some games and win games on a consistent basis and stay there. Um, will they be able to do it? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> we'll We'll see. We'll see, but I think the I keep saying I think the the pieces are there. I do think the pieces are there. They just got to dig deep, you know. They got to dig deep and and figure out uh, who they are and who they want to be. And we'll see what they got, man. Yeah, and that Detroit game was a killer, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah that uh, that was the ultimate that vibe. Was a gut punch killer. Yeah, yeah, because even if you if you win that game then it's okay to lose to the Suns. It's okay to lose to OKC, and it would even be okay to do like these three in a row. But if you would have won that, you would have been, what, six and two. Then you go on to win the next one, seven and two over a nine-game stretch. If you have a little bit of a slip-up right before the deadline, right before the the All-Star break, but it's against three really good teams, okay, no big deal. But that you throw that uh, Detroit loss in there, and it just magnifies everything. And that's why, again, the margin of, of error for this team is nothing at this point. Yeah, and you just start looking through the schedule and starting to find like heightened importance. And we keep pointing to those two games against Dallas. How big those will be? Those games. I mean, that game. This is a month away. Mm-hmm. We're already looking at those coming out strong against San Antonio on the twenty second, uh, hoping to set the tone, you know, for what they could do moving forward. And then you still, you, you know, I, I didn't realize, I knew there was one left. I didn't realize until Casey pointed it out. The Phoenix game's the last game of the season. That probably isn't going to have 
as much emphasis on it as it would have if it had taken place like four weeks earlier where mm-hmm. winning this series might not matter by the time you get to the last game of the season. Yeah. Well, yeah. or it could matter for everything. Well, yeah. it could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a flip for side sure. to that. The uh, yeah. shout out flip side, rest in peace. Uh, but so so you look at it like this. Shout out to Kamari. He sent us um, a text saying they got to go 18 and 11 to finish with the same record that they had last year. Okay. Looking at the schedule, the easiest opponent stuff is was whatever. One with Washington, two with San Antonio, one with Portland, one with Memphis, one with Toronto, one with Brooklyn. That's one, two, three, four, six, seven. Seven, seven and oh there. Seven and oh there means you got to go. Softly, softly kind on your part. I mean, For a team that lost to Detroit last week. I'm just saying. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, but I'm just saying. I'm not, I'm not, no, I'm, I'm telling you this is what they have to do. Okay. Not okay. what they're going to I hear you. All right. This is what you have to do. Yep. Even if you, even if like in a season, you can, even if in a season you get two or three where you trip up against teams like that, they've wasted that. Yeah. All right. So they've, right. They, you don't get any more. Yeah. You don't get no more. You go to know there. That means you've got to go for the rest of your schedule that has, "Quote unquote tough teams, mid teams, or whatever. What's that? Uh, t- what's my math looking at? Eleven and eleven. Yeah, because you had them seven and yeah. zero, eighteen and eleven. Yeah, eleven and eleven. Five hundred outside of the ba- the bad teams. But that gets you so th- that gets th- you to where you're at, which probably gets you six. So I was going to say the follow up question is, what does that get you in the standings? Think, what does last year get you in the standings? I think that gets you six. Forty eight gets hmm. you six this year. It might not. Phoenix is up in like someone has to play different, and that's right. what we were talking about with Sacramento. Sacramento's got to, they got to up it a little bit. Eighteen and eleven really isn't upping it. They're seven it's games the over five hundred right now. It's, it's the same yeah. thing. Um, of course, it, at this point in the season now, Phoenix could play the same. New Orleans could play like if those teams all play the same, the Kings are eighth, mm-hmm. right? Dallas played, um, probably not happening for all four of those teams, right? Uh, who's going to take advantage? Dallas is they're they're working with their new lineups. They're cooking for sure. Phoenix will remain a question mark to me mm-hmm. all year. They have the toughest schedule. And Phoenix New Orleans, I just I got I don't I don't understand New Orleans at all. Yeah. I, d- I don't I don't know. I can't describe that basketball team. I no. think New Orleans could be potentially good. They lost. Dyson I think Davis. they could too. I don't understand why New Orleans isn't better. Right. That's the crazy thing, especially the way we see Sacramento, and then you look up and they're just a game better than them. You would think. Yeah. The way that we've seen them play, like man, that's probably a team that's five games better than Sacramento. But for yeah. whatever reason, they got twenty something losses themselves. And they also they haven't been hit fully by the injury bug. They just lost Tyson Daniels. You could see them easily having more. I, I guess Alvarado's been hurt uh, on and off throughout the season, but you could definitely see them having more injury issues between now and the end of the season because that's who they've been forever. And, I mean, if they stay healthy, I, I would be surprised if they didn't at least, like, trend up to, like, the 46 to 48 wins that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And I looked at, I think, I've got the Kings at right around, like, 11 games against what you consider sort of non-playoff teams. And that's a lot like, and they, if they take care of those games and then the games that you, you know, the tough games that you got to split, if you, if you can come away like 500 um, with the rest of the games, you got a shot. The, the, the other thing um, about the Kings in the second half is they just went through 
basically a pretty tough month and a half, two month schedule where they were barely ever at home. Yeah, that's going to change. Yeah, in the second half, they're going to be home. A it's bunch pretty in glaring in in a good amount in April, and they're what is it, fifteen and nine at home? Yeah, look at the other home records for the teams in the Western Conference. There's a, they, it's like there's there's. <laughs> It feels like some teams might have played all their home games already, and then you've got Sacramento. Yeah. Yeah. They've got 11 home games in March. Who have been here twice since Christmas. Yeah. Slight exaggeration. They have 11 home games in March and four and four in uh, in April. So I think it's 11 home games and four road games in in March. Got to cook at G1C. Got to. Starting with HBCU night. James, where are you going to be HBCU (laughs) night? With the Deltas. <laughs> Have you picked a fraternity the fraternity for the 22nd? James, we're getting James to that. With the James, we're getting to that game early, James. Going to need you to pick a fraternity. Be- <laughs> uh, what I'm not doing is I'm not wearing uh, Jason Jones's uh, yellow. Oh, the Q's. Oh, yeah. Oh. James going to be with the Q's. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm not wearing his Laker colors out there for well, my fraternity choice. Good idea. This That ain't happening. Oh, I, yeah, um, right color choices is important. Yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. Yep. All right, yeah. 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 <laughs> James, James is hyped. James is as hyped as we are for HBC. Oh, United. you know he is, man. See, you know he is. David, Doctor David, I got you, Lambda, Lambda, Lambda. Yep. <laughs> so, I believe that's a Revenge of the Nerds reference. Yes. Very good. Uh, it okay. ain't a school days reference. I know that. Yeah. yeah. No, it's a Revenge <laughs> of the Nerds reference. Yeah. So, uh, uh, buckle up. Yeah. Buckle up. I mean, we talking like we're gonna do this all again tomorrow. That's what I'm saying. Buckle we're up. We're gonna do this all again tomorrow. I think we all like. Well, I don't know. I forgot about injuries, but like, we feel like they're not winning tonight, huh? Everybody. I I don't know. It's just hard. Like, I don't know. I'd be. Surprised. I don't know. I'd be a little. I'm not gonna say. Yeah, they ain't winning. They're gonna be. I'd be Denver a little. Again. I'd be a little surprised if they won tonight. They're gonna be Denver again. I'd perk up my seat. Like, oh, however, you know. Maybe Denver just wants to get to the break, too. Yeah. It's not like Denver's, you know, incapable of just wanting to chill. Right. And they're... Potentially no Murray, no KCP. And they're, they're at home? Mm-hmm. They ain't got to go nowhere? Yeah. Yeah. They, might. they also... They've added uh, Julian uh, Strathard to their injury list uh, as questionable with a left ankle sprain. And uh, Trey Lyles is still questionable. Yeah, I don't like that. I heard uh, Marcus Burton might be available, make his King's debut tonight. I read that. The oh. the guy, the two way guy they signed, he's been elevated. Not, I think. That's, Deon, I think uh, it was uh, Ja who had that. Who is it? Like no, what's his name though? Marcus uh, Jones, right? Oh, Marcus Jones. What did I say? Burton. I'm thinking DeAndre Burton. Uh, yeah, it is Marcus. Deontay Jones. Burton. Yeah, it's not Deontay Burton. What it's, it's Jones. I, it's, Marcus Jones. Jones. Yeah. I don't think it's Marcus. His last name. No, this is good. This is this is no. This is fantastic. We're we're talking about a player. We can't get his name right. <laughs> hey, make sure you guys oh. turn into our public no, black no, pregame show. Great. Later, by the way, Mason, this is terrific. Mason Jones. Mason Jones. Mason. Mason. No, it's good. This is good. Mason. No, it's great. Mason Jones. He'll save the day. Yeah. No, it's very good. It's terrific. This was this was high quality radio here. Oh, hey, hopefully this, this, Chris. This. Hey, Chris Duarte. Like, you can't get any scoring off the bench. Throw Chris Duarte in. No, like let's not. No, game. I'm. I'm. No. I'm, what's Chris Gortay going to do? Just play Herder. Let Kevin Herder play. No, no, no. I don't, I'm not saying over Kevin Herder. I'm saying like, look, if you can't get more than three points out of everyone not named Malik Monk off your bench, you got to find points somewhere. That's uh, like, and well, I, 
Go ahead. Back to start. Probably more start likely. Probably more likely we see Alex Lynn tonight I like for Alex. a no. more sustained period of time than we did last night. Oh, totally. No, no. We'll see Alex Lynn tonight against Jokic. Um, you didn't see Alex Lynn because you know you can't really run. Bobo Bo only played two minutes, and it was like, well, we don't need to do this. And also, let's point out that the Kings completely fell apart when Demonte Sabonis tried to catch his breath for a couple of minutes. Mm. You talk about yeah. the center of an offense. Good lord, they died last night. All right, we're leaving. This, this Science. Is, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm a, I don't know if I'm going to be in a better mood. I'll be in a different mood tomorrow. Hopefully the Kings different get a dub, man. Um, the same, only better. How about that? Yeah, it's the same, only better. Yeah, there you go. We are uh, headed over to 1025 to do some giveaways here in this 4 o'clock hour. Come check us out if you'd like. Uh, we're going to run it back next here on ESPN 1320. And, of course, we've got the purple and black. It's just such a great name. The purple, purple and black, black pregame, pre-game show. show. Yeah, it rolls right off the tongue. What time is that? 530. Be there. Very good. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. <laughs> we'll see you tomorrow at 10 a.m. Beginning with the insiders on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. Vamos, Kings, light the beam. We still love you. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.